0: Hey, I'm Alan Hunter. You're listening on the Pantheon Network. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing. Now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser. Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. This is Jake Brennan from Disgraceland, and you're listening to Pantheon Podcasts. Rock and roll. History in five songs with host Martin Popoff, a production of Pantheon Podcasts. Let's rock out with Martin. Martin Popoff back again for another episode of History in Five Songs with Martin Popoff, brought to you by the good people at Pantheon Podcast. We are part of this vast Pantheon Podcast network. We are available on Spotify, iTunes, and over 40 other podcast platforms, Podbay, uh, Megaphone, you name it. Um. All right, so this is episode 70. And um, this is going to be, I'm going to really try not to make this a manic, panicked garble of information. It's going to be tough for a number of reasons. Okay, so first of all, episode 70, I'm calling this Imaginos and Reimaginos. Now, the reason I'm doing this episode is two or three or fourfold. Um, I'm currently working on a, uh, a kind of a vast Imaginos timeline, an expanded Imaginos book. Bit of a long story. There's been um, the idea of a book based on, inspired by the Blue Oyster Cult story, Imaginos, which I should explain. I'll get to in a minute. Anyways, this is a long saga that Sandy Perlman, the manager, um, early lyricist of Blue Oyster Cult, now deceased, uh, kind of put together. And it's a story that rifles through many Blue Oyster Cult songs and then culminates in an album from 1988 called Imaginos. Imaginos. And uh, Albert Bouchard, uh, right now in 2020, is um, putting out a reimagined version of Imaginos called Reimaginos. So even before this was going to be happening with Albert there was uh the idea um of a book of stories uh inspired by Imaginos uh that is going to maybe is going to come out um but uh, for that i've um submitted a kind of a long timeline that expands on the story and explains extra things about it um basically sandy's overall thing was um it's a story that explains the occult origins of World War I. So I kind of expanded beyond the end of the uh, Imagino story per se and came up with all this stuff uh, that, it, that brought in Aleister Crowley and Austin Osmond Spare and the German occult revival and H.P. Lovecraft and the assassination of the Archduke, of course, has to go in there and um, you know the Austro-Prussian Empire and all that stuff leading up to World War I. I'm going to really try not to get into any of that, but I also um, came up with uh, 30-odd illustrations uh, to go with it. So my contribution to this book uh, was going to be this timeline, plus this thing, and uh, plus one other chapter, which I'll keep secret and may even turn into a whole other episode of the podcast. So long story short, that book may, because of the virus, be kind of crashing in flames, but I've always... um, you know, told the people putting this together that I may do my own book, uh, and I've been building it and building it, and it's, it's getting to be a massive sort of, uh, Imaginos book, Imaginos expanded, something like that, um. An occulted expanded imaginos. Um, anyways, it's going to be a book that brings in all these timeline entries going back to, you know, the you know Atlantis and Stonehenge and through the Rosicrucians and all this stuff up to the actual imaginos story, which is about an 1804 to an 1893 uh, sort of tale. Uh, and I'm going to put in all these illustrations. But for a for a good explanation of Imaginos, you could go to my original Blue Oyster Cult book, Agents of Fortune, and I also recently just put out Blue Oyster Cult A Visual History visual history visual biography yeah visual history um and basically it's a big coffee table book um but it's got a blue oyster cult timeline in it so this is more of an imagino story timeline so i have this totally on the brain and i am working on this uh this third kind of blue oyster cult uh related book but i wanted to do this episode and i'm going to stay away from that stuff except i'm going to read an entry in in a minute um but I wanted to do this episode to, um, to basically, um, it's, it's broken into five parts with these five songs. The first two songs are going to be kind of from the original Imaginos thing, and then the third one's going to be a, a track from the, the, the 1988 Imaginos album. Then we're also going to celebrate the fact that Blue Oyster Cult has a brand new album out called The Symbol Remains, and then uh, the last track's going to be the Albert Bouchard track, um, the advanced track from the, uh, from the forthcoming album. But... Um, so there you go. There's a little bit of a background, um, but this is going to uh, offer more of a background, and then we'll uh, we'll play our first track. Well, actually, let's play the first track first, and then uh, I'll explain how that fits in, and then I'm going to read you this entry that really kind of gives you a taste of what this Imaginal story is all about. So take a listen to this. This is Blue Oyster Cult with Flaming Telepaths. Poisons in my bloodstream Poisons in my pride Ya yeah. All right, so that track is more of an alchemy song, and alchemy is going to kind of uh, enter into this story um, in a number of ways. Uh, maybe I won't give too much of it away, but our, our third track, Magna of Illusion, talks about uh, this black mirror, the obsidian, you know, you stare into it. Um, in, my, in my book, I'm going to tie in the Led Zeppelin presence, uh, the object, because I feel it's another version of this uh, Magna of Illusion, this crazy mirror that we're going to talk about later in the episode. But... Basically, I wanted to include it here uh, because alchemy is a big part of this story. So, so. Pre the Imaginos story, which starts with the birth of this modified child, Imaginos, in 1804, um, you know, you have Gerald Kelly and John D. and his mirror, the Shoe Stone. You know, he's an alchemist, he's a scientist, um, but he's got this thing, and he can talk to angels through it, and all this. So there is this, there is this uh, idea of a of a black mirror, and it even goes back into more ancient times than that. But basically. Um, You know, looking into blackness and uh, and kind of seeing your reflection and getting um, you know mesmerized by it, and then you start seeing things in this black mirror. It's a big part of the imaginal story. But without further ado, um, well, yeah. So so just a couple couple lines from that. Yes, I know the secrets of the iron and mind. Um, So there's an idea of alchemy. Alchemy goes beyond uh, you know trying to turn uh, base steel and metal into into gold um bush Skull has a lot of these alchemy type songs heavy metal the black and silver um so so there is a is a a paranormal or or psychological um well i'm not gonna get all this about art and chaos magic and stuff but basically um I like this song because it goes, yes, I know the secrets of the circuitry mind. It's a flaming wonder telepath. So it's, so this song is, is a good one, um, because it's very vague and poetic about alchemy and it ties in the idea of alchemy being, you know, beyond, uh, you know, um, uh, crushing up red powder and, uh, the, the negrito and the black and the white and the blanco and negrito and black and white, you know, obviously that all ties in with go two with the black and white period of the covers. Um, the early covers, but um, but no, I like this because it, it ties into the uh, you know, the alchemy aspect beyond science into the paranormal, which is kind of an interesting thing. So, yeah, just to give you a little more taste, uh, you know, uh, in my in my um, you know, in progress imaginos expanded book, this is an entry, uh, that kind of this is a long entry. Most of them aren't like this, and most of them aren't this dedicated to imaginos. There's a lot of Ambrose Bierce and Austin Osman Spare and a lot of Lovecraft and a lot of the Golden Dawn and Alister Crowley and everything. Can't, uh, later on um Kenneth Grant, all that stuff. Uh, but anyways, here we go. So so this is, this is kind of the official beginning of the Imaginos story. So August 1804, I'm just going to read this. Imaginos, a modified child, is born at a farmhouse in New Hampshire. There's a murky pre-birth cycle where the transition is made, much like his forebears, from sea to land or zones of moisture and afterward the meat. But this may be more of a psychic birth, a fever dream conception. Imaginos' birth is discussed in the first... Song of the cycle, I am the one you warn me of. Now, when we get into cycles, this this is gonna be a discussion later on um, because things get moved around. Um uh, but, but he is called Desdenova. The description of his eyes mirror the idea of the black obsidian mirror, a physical mirror with uh, eventually, uh, will, will eventually be a critical part of the story, but behind Imaginos' eyes loom a metaphysical negative space, a black soul. The concept, modified child, is best explained as a human form, but also alien of origin, much like the Men in Black of UFO legend, and in the Blue Oyster Cult song, ETI. Imaginos, however, will soon be shape-shifting, or at least just possessing public figures of occult and political importance. The link to the backwoods of the U.S. Northeast is deliberate, with Pearlman living out his memories of both his youth and his love of Lovecraft who not only lived in the area but placed many of his tales in the area if Lovecraft as an intense artist was receiving veritable visions then New Hampshire Massachusetts Vermont are historical hotspots as cradles of a sort of civilization or if not reflective of the cradle, thin points in the fabric where the old ones permeate into the modern society. Yeah, many of the themes are right in this entry here of this of this entire saga. Finally, this is a place of frost warnings from the women's farms, a line that evokes images of later BOC track Harvest Moon. Imaginos is described in I am the one you warned me of as the lucky one, as the product of destiny which assigns starry wisdom, meaning the wisdom of his alien elders, Now residing under the sea, later there are more references to blindness in the phrases could not ever see an obscured sight, plus the pairing of eyes like bottles with bottles of blackness. A secondary meaning here is that uh, of the blackness of the soul impregnated into this modified child through a blackness in and of the eyes, what machinations happen behind them, the unfurling of an action plan of destiny is summed up in the following image of the man sitting behind the clock in the belfry. The song made Dame Serat. Includes the phrase, pulled down my sight. The birth story continues in Imaginos, where it says that he approached the sun in August in New Hampshire. Eerily, he is singing songs, and not only that, songs nobody knew. Evidence that he has been imprinted with knowledge already. There's a disconnect to the bird sequence that comes next, cleared up as Albert Bouchard in 2020 confirms that Imaginos also shapeshifts into various animal beings rather than just news-making human actors. Why? Uh, There has always been this confusion as a mystery because plainly stated here is that the bird called Bizardo was Imaginos in disguise. The song also mentioned fish with the scales turning green under a sun. Imagery suggesting transition from sea to land in conjunction with Imaginos being exposed to the light of day for the first time. I mean, this this all goes into, in my expanded thing... um, Again, Perlman and Lovecraft and the Cthulhu's uh, mythos and uh, something Peter Lavenda has in one of his books as a linchpin of um, of this thing uh, that Kenneth Grant almost believes. I, I don't want to go down this rabbit hole, but but of Lovecraft's vision actually being reality. Lovecraft was a you know a, a legendary atheist who didn't believe in any of this stuff. He believed in science, um, but uh, this. Uh, you know, there's there's certain t- thoughts that uh, you can actually cause history to, <laughs> to to uh, to uh, happen or materialize through through artists making great art like this, or um, as Peter Lavenda says, um, Crowley had a ritual um, where he called up a demon uh, had, that had a very similar name, Tutulu versus Cthulhu, I suppose, something like that. Um, but but it's this idea that uh, that art. Uh, can cause reality, or Lovecraft's art actually was reality, etc. But anyways, as it relates to this story, um, Imaginos is essentially born of the fish uh, originally, and these fish might have been uh, aliens to, be, to, to begin with. Uh, this, this expanded timeline goes into hollow earth theory, and, and Atlantis, and all that sort of stuff, uh, i.e., Aliens that came from the skies, but they're half reptilian, half fish, um, and they now live under the sea or in the middle of the earth and all that kind of stuff. Anyways, okay, so um yeah, where are we on this? Uh so so yeah, so um let's play another track and we'll and we'll move on because all of these kind of represent certain things. So this is Blue Oyster Cult again with subhuman. Take a listen. Is it gone? <laughs> <laughs> so ladies, fish and So um, as this song says, uh, I am becalmed in virtue, lost to nothing on a bay of dreams, warm weather and a holocaust, the tears of God flow as I bleed, left to die by two good friends, abandoned me and put to sleep on a shore where oyster beds seem plushes down and ripe enough for the luxor dream. Now, this is interesting because basically in the Imagino saga, um, so we're just touching down on it in the Blue Oyster Cult thing. So, well, let me give you a little more background. So so essentially, Sandy came up with this um, story called The Soft Doctrines of Imagino, spelt with two M's. And he, you know, Blue Oyster Cult, his vision was that this band uh, assembled was going to bring this story to life and essentially play the songs of this song cycle, this poetry. Um, that Albert says was uh, was introduced to them the first time in the attic of the band house they had uh, on Long Island. Um, but, anyways, um, so what happened was over the f- over the first few albums, you know, two three songs they would touch down and parachute into it, and there would be these enigmatic stories. Um, but by about seventy four seventy five, Albert, the drummer of Blue Oyster Cult. And, and occasional singer and writer uh, for the band, very important member of the band. Um, Albert um, really took this to this story and really wanted to work with Sandy, who's still their manager, and like I say, he's written some of these lyrics and wanted to really put together a full album uh, about Imaginos. Um I guess I won't go too farther because the next track, well, let's talk a little bit about how that eventually came into being and, uh, you know, the flaws and the good things about it. Um, but essentially this song uh, talks about a murky uh, part of the story where it's about 1830 and uh, and Imaginos is attempting to go, he's, uh, how does this work? So he's, he's uh, where is this? Is this the New Orleans, Texas part? Anyways, he's, he's shipwrecked. Um, but he doesn't get to where he's he's trying to get to, um, which will come later. We don't really even know uh what he's trying to get to. But this is essentially where he is kinda like reborn or re indebted to these uh these elders, the great one, lays invisible, um, you know, the the fish, uh the reptilian um alien force. Um but he's basically um almost drowned and he's revived it's it's almost like at this point uh he's given his mission and the mission again uh, there's this short quote I, I don't have it here but I, I believe it's on uh where is it is it on the back of the Imaginal album I think it is um um yeah my Canadian one didn't have anything inside but I think there's a there's an inner sleeve as well so so anyways to recap this whole elaborate story is supposed to be, um, what does it say a bedtime story for the damned but it but it's it's a story that attempts to explain the occult origins of world war 1 now we all know there's a lot of occult origins of world war II, but world war 1 is a is a little as uh, a little hazier and a little trickier and that's why i'm doing this book that brings in all of basically the um the occult revival of the victorian era and uh, and imaginos as a shapeshifter so Again, well, when we talk a little more about Albert, Albert has sort of expanded to me. I just interviewed him recently about all this again. Um, the idea is that um, is that he's a modified child, and he can he can possess or become these various political uh, actors, and uh, and and basically help cause World War One. So, as I pause it in this long sort of expanded version of it that goes past the end of it, is that. Um, there are you know what what could be the occult causes of World War I. So there is the assassination, there's the occult revival, there's certainly um uh, this um this German pagan pride thing that starts coming up because there's all these writings and, and newsletters and secret cabals coming up in Germany that is all about the stuff that's really going to cause World War II, but it's actually bubbling under already before World War One. so I definitely wanted to include that. And I definitely wanted to include a bunch of stuff about um, uh, great art being a form of chaos magic that... Thomas Sheridan and Alan Moore talk about basically um, when you create art— uh, that is a form of magic in itself. So Alan Moore and Thomas Sheridan both have talked about how, um, you know, depending on how much you believe in the paranormal and demons and all that stuff, if you don't, um, basically they're saying you can conjure you can conjure magic through making art. So in a, in a form in in a way, Sandy Pearlman has conjured this whole alternate universe. Um, but again, it's based on Lovecraft and then in between you have, um, you know, one of the, one of the big great occultists, Kenneth Grant, who actually part of his whole, you know, impenetrable writings basically says, you know, his, his, his idea essentially is that there was truth in what Lovecraft was writing. He was channeling truths rather than just writing a science fiction, fantasy, weird fiction story or whatever. So so yeah, there's this. So so basically, uh, this story um, has has a lot of its base in uh, in in the writings of Lovecraft and this whole history of the fish, uh, essentially. But the idea is that this Imaginos character um, is basically an actor put on earth by those guys to, uh, to uh, cause, you know, a, a human-looking figure to cause World War One, And that's why I have him in my thing, inhabiting Austin Osmond Spare and Aleister Crowley and possibly Ambrose Bierce, um, and you know, who's – okay, long story there. Um, but there are all these travels all over the place. Um, so yeah, so this song is, is a little bit about, um, is about this attempted version when he's in his thirties and shipwrecked and there's all this oyster imagery and all that stuff, blah, blah, blah. All right. Wow. Okay. We're still in pretty good time. Let's take a break and we'll be right back. All right, back again here on History and Five Songs and Martin Popoff. This is Imaginos and Reimaginos celebrating the new Bloister Cult album and celebrating the new Albert Bouchard album, Reimaginos. Uh, that's two words, it looks like uh, it's going to be. It's a little bit awkward, but it's R E and then a space, Imaginos. Um, okay, let's play our third uh, selection and we'll discuss. Uh, we need to move this along because I'm taking a lot of time babbling about this, aren't I? Um, take a listen to this. This is Bloister Cult once again with Magna of Illusion. Carinball and the Harlem Where witches All right. So the cool thing about this is, uh, and Albert just uh, confirmed this to me in the interview I had with him just uh, a week ago, uh, a few days ago, actually, uh, that that in, in a sense, um, there is no part of the plot of the actual original Sandy Pearlman Imagino Saga that goes past 1893. So basically... Um, this talks about uh, Cornwall and the harbor where witches went mad more than once until this day in dreams at least the lighthouse at Los Cristobal. Okay, so let me explain so so essentially Imaginos is uh, is sort of 89 years old at this point and this is the point where he actually this is the this is the ultimate part of the story where he leaves Cornwall, he gets to Mexico, he rescues the magna of illusion, this black mirror he brings it back to England. Where it proceeds to start driving people a little bonkers, literally Albert said, "Yeah, he brings the mirror back and it's and it drives people crazy so so this is the idea that in 1893, this, this uh, mirror of evil uh, shows up in England. Now, we know World War I didn't exactly start in England. Um, but basically, the idea, I suppose, is that the evil spreads throughout Europe. 1893, we got, we got seven and 14 years, essentially. 21 more years before we actually get World War I starting. But the reason I wanted to pick this song is just to give you a little bit about this album. So it's 1988. Albert had been working on Imaginos pretty pretty heavily uh, since his exile from the band. Uh, he he basically was replaced by drummer Rick Downey. There was difficulty with Albert, and there was some girlfriend stuff going on and some drama. Um, but basically, um, it was almost a blessing in disguise because Albert got really serious with Sandy, who now is no longer—actually, hang on, is he still the manager? I'm, I, I can't remember. Uh, but basically— he, he starts working really seriously on Imaginos, and he wants to make this a full album. So what happens is all his plans kind of go to pot, but it still sort of happens. Up into 1988, Blue Oyster Cult is kind of like a much smaller band now. Revolution by Night did okay. Club Ninja did not do okay. They're, they're kind of playing clubs at this point. Um, but Albert wants to put out this, this solo album, Imaginos. So what happens is through things that seem actually pretty sensible if you think about it, but you know, I, unfortunately, it didn't go Albert's way. But they decided, you know what, to make this thing commercial, we need to just turn this into a Blue Oyster Cult album. Why don't you combine with the guys, and and make this into a Blue Oyster Cult album? So the long and short of it is, is that things kind of go haywire. There's all sorts of um, there's all sorts of players that Albert had involved with the project, and then you bring in Buck and Eric and everything, and you get this album that's kind of bombastic heavy but not particularly good Um, the productions are kind of like wildly all over the place Um, but it is an actual Imaginos album Um, you know they put the San Francisco Cliff House on the cover so in, in my thing that I'm working on there's a lot of Uh, Sutro Baths and Cliff House stuff and the Cliff House burning down and the I bring in the Led Zeppelin object and all this stuff. Um, The Crucible when, you know, burns down um, alchemy again. Um, So there's all this stuff related to it and the fact that Sandy Perlman, you know, was an occasional... uh, resider in San Francisco so I so I bring in a lot of San Francisco stuff into it but anyways so this record comes out and and you know nobody is really all that happy with it it doesn't do that well um, it's got different singers on it it's got uh, so it's a combination Albert solo album and a combination Blue Oyster Cult album a dog's breakfast as they say um, it's just kind of a big mishmash mess um, it's a single album you know Albert probably would have wanted this to be a double album you can go and look online there's his Demos online, where he kind of has a different order. That's the other thing with this. Albert was not happy with the fact of the um, the the sequencing of the songs, but the idea was. It's a little bit of an, a random access story this is Sandy kind of like uh, you know legitimizing uh, what he was doing here rationalizing it S- uh, and also the idea that okay we're making a concept album here Sandy thought let's make the the fans the listeners work even harder and have them kind of have to sort out what order the songs go in so the songs kind of show up in a jumbled order on this single album that doesn't do very good and it's it's really harsh to listen to because there's weird production values all over the place. It's kind of like 80s and harsh sounding, kind of heavy. That's the other thing. It's a little heavier than what Sandy would have wanted and what Albert would have wanted. Um, okay, let's move on. Boy, I am taking a long time here, so um, so I will try to move things along. Um, okay, so take a listen to this. This is our fourth track. This is Blue Cult once again with The Alchemist. Walked a path of darkness just to open up my mind. I've learned of hidden secrets depths of time, and at my father's side, I witnessed things I can't describe, they must be evil, the people cried, so when the prince went missing, and the mob was at all right, so I wanted to include the fact that the really the big news and why, you know, Blister Cult is on everybody's minds right now, um, in my mind anyways, and plus I've been working on this Imaginals book for a long time, even before I knew this album was coming um, – this is a song off their new album, The Symbol Remains. Great album, brand new Bluister Cult album, ton of songs on it. Um, and this is one of the heavier songs, and Eric sings this one. And uh, it's called The Alchemist, but I like this because it's not not exactly about alchemy. I mean, that's the cool thing about Bluister Cult, lots and lots of dimensions all the time. Um, but this is more of like a revenge story, and it sounds like it's about, um, you know, a prince and a king, or... or um, basically an alchemist who needs to take revenge uh, because it, it, it sounds like he's essentially locked up for being like, uh, like witchcraft or evil or maybe even his alchemy not exactly working out the way it was supposed to and not making everyone rich and turning things into gold, blah, blah, blah. But, but I, I like the fact that it's called The Alchemist and even the video is kind of alchemy-based, but but um, it's really not about alchemy too much. But I wanted to pick it just to show, you know, Blue Estrecault's always thinking about the TIEs um, you know, to all these different storylines and plot lines they've had. Uh, but the rest of the album's really varied. Uh, a really cool record. Um, lots going on, a lot of songs, heavy stuff, poppy stuff, a little bit, you know, there's a little kind of like lighthearted stuff and some, and some mellow stuff, some great, great, uh, buck pop. Um, basically my favorite kinds of things on the record. Um, but yeah, the band is really good. Every, everything's really cool. And, um, and here we go. New boys should call them. So um, moving on, uh, here's our last track. So take a listen to this. This is Albert Bouchard with Black Telescope. That crystal lens, this crystal rope, once bound me to those doctors and wives, when my vision was oh, so so All right, so here we go. We're at the end. Basically, Albert uh, has uh, you know realized his dream. Sandy Perlman, sadly, is not uh, not around to see this happen. He had an aneurysm and died a few years back. Um, but basically, um, here is Albert putting out uh, his version of Imaginos the way he wanted to do it. Uh, so his track order is. I Am The One You Warn Me Of, Del Rio Song, uh, In the Presence of Another World, Siege and Investitures of Baron Von Frankenstein's Castle at Wiseria, Girl That Love Made Blind, Astronomy, Imaginos, Gil Blanco County, Blue Oyster Cult, Black Telescopes, Magna of Illusion, Lay's Invisible. So 12 songs. So a lot of these never showed up on the um, the 88 album. They've always been kind of hanging around as demos. So here he is finishing it. And you're going to be a little shocked when you hear this record because, you know, Albert's... Um Albert's idea is he, he thought Sandy wanted to make it quite a bit mellower than the way it actually eventually turned out. Um, so, so Albert ceded to his wishes, and he also thought the 88 album was a little bit bombastic. But Sandy had this thing. You know, Albert um, told me, he said, uh, well, I mean, it's called a nursery rhyme for the damned or something like that. And, and Albert did say, when I talked to him, he said, Sandy kind of envisioned these songs sounding a little more like nursery rhymes rather than big 80s you know bombastic metal uh which is what we got on the 88 thing so so the um the arrangements are spare um there's a lot of acoustic it's a pretty quiet album and and that's uh and that's what you're getting here i wanted to read uh just part of my final entry um to this because it it pertains to what's going on here in this song black telescope yeah, it's funny. I, I was watching uh, Giles and uh, and um, Jimmy on The Metal Voice. They interviewed Albert as well, and Albert mentioned um, that he used one of my illustrations in the video for Black Telescope, and I had seen it the, the video and I didn't see it then, so I went back and scurried back and looked again, and I still couldn't find it. So I'm not sure what he's talking about there. But anyways, um, he may, he may use my illustrations for something, but I'm I'm definitely going to put them in this this book that I've done. They're just they're just pencil illustrations. They're very elaborate, but you know that makes uh makes for a good you know easy to do black and white book because it's just pencil. Anyways, so um so yeah, let me read this entry that is part of this book. I'm working on August first, eighteen ninety two. Imagino set sail for Mexico. At this point, he's living in Cornwall wall uk this is his second attempt after his trip in the early 1830s from new orleans through to haiti and then is shipwrecked he is an old sea captain now and is spoken about on the album's final song magna Illusion, by his granddaughter it is her birthday he would be 88 years old he arrives i said 89 earlier he arrives at yucatan which again he attempted to get in the 1830s, discovers a pyramid and finds the obsidian mirror deep within inside a chamber of jade. The mirror is the magna of illusion. He takes the mirror back to Europe, arriving back in Cornwall exactly a year later. So this is the idea of this mirror being back. Wow. So, uh, I have a million more things I could talk about, but I looks like I've talked uh, fast for exactly half an hour, so we are at our usual kind of length for these episodes. I'm going to wrap it up there. Um, I really could probably do multiple episodes on this and maybe even a whole podcast on Imaginos because I've got all these entries that go down all these different rabbit holes. Um, but let's not get into more of that now. Um, so, just to recap... You've got a bunch of songs across the original Bluestra Cult catalog. You've got a whole album from Bluestra Cult called Imaginos. You've got a whole brand new Bluestra Cult album to listen to. And on one of the videos, by the way, Albert is uh, is banging the cowbell, uh, which is a bit of alchemy in itself, musical alchemy. Um, uh, long story, uh, as I included that in my final entry in this book so far. And you've got a... Um, and you've got an Albert Bouchard album called Reimaginos coming out exactly the same time as the Bluish Cult album. Now, isn't that cool? Um, so great to see all these guys uh, working and putting out uh, so much stuff. There you go. If you like this show and want to support future episodes, go to Kofi, Kofi, coffee. I I, I they, they should have given this a different name, um, .com slash Martin Popoff and hit the red support button and buy me a coffee or a pint. On that front, I want to thank... Uh, uh, Augustin Garcia de Paredes, Melissa Nee, Black Sugar Transmission, Bruce Campbell, and Kevin Latham. Once again, um, I believe all these people have been a uh, repeat uh, $3 uh, contributors. Um, so that's really cool, and 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 more in some cases, which is very nice. Um, but uh, but yeah, um, so we've got that. And uh, of course, martinpopoff.com if you want to pick up this uh, Blue Oyster Cult. Uh, visual biography, coffee table book, or the Agents of Fortune book—that, uh, like I say, goes goes. There's a lot of stuff uh, that explains this Imaginos chapter. I wanted to mention, um, or the Imaginos album. I wanted to mention uh, if you want to see something really cool on this whole Imaginos concept. There's this great. Um, hour and 40 minute long uh youtube documentary on imaginos by Sudium. uh but if you just put in imaginos documentary into youtube this thing will come up and it's really well done i mean a lot of information talked about and then a lot of pictures at the same time it's like a really professional documentary that goes through the whole Imaginos story for you um Okay, so um, let's leave it at that. Um, Go play uh, some of this uh, new material from Albert and the Bluish Occult. And uh, next time, uh, we'll talk to you next time. And heck, it may actually even be another Imaginos episode. If not next time, maybe uh, maybe one or two coming down the pipes. Thanks again. Talk to you later. Find all of our shows, notes, social, and links at www.pantheonpodcast.com